Well, hello and welcome to a brand new podcast, um, a little thing that we like to call, Why Is This So Hard For You? My name's Derek. My name's Jonathan. And I'm Curtis. And uh, you don't know any of us. In fact, we don't know each other, so this should be great. I mean, we just... These are just three guys that met on the street. You said uh, Derek, right? Yeah, right. Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan. As yeah. far as you know. Okay. Yeah, good. So, um, bringing to you a little podcast about music. Now, um, we should be specific what kind of music. We're going to review every episode of Hee Haw, is my understanding. Right. Is that kind of what we're doing? Yeah. Okay. I've, I've got the Roy Clark uh, banjo transcriptions. By, uh, good. Both Captain Lou Albano yeah. approved. Good. Okay. Is that what's going to get me the bowl of soup you promised me out front? As, as far if, as you know. Okay. Yeah. It's, then it's I'm all good, good with that. It's just, see, you're, you come easy. So, no, actually, we're going to do um, a little thing where we like to take artists that you may or may not know, and instead of talking about the songs that were hits on the radio that made them famous we're going to talk about the songs that were never hits on the radio that were never famous that we might call deep cuts or um, stuff you've never heard and so um the title of the podcast of course is why is this so hard for you now why did we choose to name this why is this so hard for you so first of all jonathan do you want to explain the story or do you want i mean i'll i'll do it but if you want to explain the story so the story starts back in the early 90s when uh i first met derek we uh were both students at wichita state university we both uh played music together and and as we were beginning to play music together beginning to uh form this relationship um there was a wait we just told people we didn't know each other Oh, cover's blown. Oh, well, keep going. I still want my soup. Yeah, good. <laughs> and soup you shall have. <laughs> okay, so relationship. Derek and I had decided we were going to get together, hang out on a, uh, on a Saturday, I believe. And so um, I was staying in the dormitories at Wichita State University, Fairmont Towers, for those who are uh, <laughs> WSU literate. And... Derek had, you know, called me up and said, hey, wanted to know where, where my dorm was. And so, unfortunately, Derek had caught me at a time when I was dead asleep. I was just dead to the world. <laughs> and so he, he calls me and, uh, you know, asks, asks where it is. I, I give him very clear directions. Oh, very, super clear. And he continues to question where my dorm is at. <laughs> and it is at that point that I'm told, because I was still in a stupor, that I uttered the now famous phrase, why is this so hard for you? And then hung up. And then hung up. <laughs> so that's the uh, genesis of the phrase in our friendship, uh, why is this so hard for you? And so that morphed into a podcast about why is this so hard for people to listen to something other than the hits? Why is this so hard for... People say, yeah, I love Toto. And, oh, yeah, really? Which song do you like? Africa. Oh, that's the only song you know. Oh, I love um, The Cars. And the only song I know is, what's The Cars' big hit? Well, they had Drive. Drive, yeah. So, Drive. <laughs> um, so, when all these artists had all these much better 
catalogs. Why is it so hard for people to not listen to other songs? So, we should talk for a minute about, since our cover's blown, how we all met, and then talk briefly about musical influences. And so, as Jonathan mentioned, we met uh, in the context of church and uh, Wichita State, and that's also where we met Curtis. So my memory, now refresh me if I'm wrong here, Jonathan and I were sitting around talking about jazz artists that we love, or uh, pop artists that we love, James Taylor, Pat Metheny, Flem and the BBs, and Curtis, who's a few years older than us, wanders over, because we all went to the same church, and says, oh yeah, I like all that stuff. Is that kind of... Yeah, it was basically it was Flim and the BBs. Okay, so that was it. Which is an obscure, you know, this was the first group that recorded digital. Right. And I, so I had, you know, all of their CDs up to this point, so I kind of wandered over. I mean, I knew you guys by face, but then I wandered over and I was like, oh yeah, you guys like Flim and the BBs? And they're like, you guys were very sarcastically like, oh yeah like you know who that is because <laughs> i am a cute few years older yep and so uh from the point that i was dismissed as way too old to know some cool stuff i thought <laughs> i really want to hang out with these guys because <laughs> i knew at that point where i fit into the you know scheme of things so. right and there was no soup involved back no, then either. no soup no soup no, no for soup you. for you yeah no, and so um, I think that the albums that we discussed immediately as we were all getting to know each other were obviously Flem and the BBs, but then New Moonshine by James Taylor, because yeah. we were all kind of into that, and Squid yeah. Knock at the video. And then the other one was probably the first Matheny album, the White Album. Oh, yeah. So I think I remember we all kind of talked about how much we liked Matheny. So that's going to be a recurring leitmotif in this podcast as we go along our love for Pat Metheny. So that will, uh, if you are into Pat Metheny, you have suddenly found a podcast you will Yeah, like. it'll be here eventually. Yeah, it'll be here eventually. So, Or, or maybe sooner than you think. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Mr. Teaser there. Okay. So as far as musical influences, Jonathan, start with you. Musical influences. Besides the first Quiet Riot album, Oh, we'll we're, get there. Oh, we'll, oh, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Okay, good. So, very good. I did not grow up in the town that we currently live in, and uh, I grew up in small town Kansas, and so my musical influences were very limited to radio. So when we're talking about radio hits, that was really what I what I listened to and what my friends listened to. Um, I am a classically trained pianist, and so I have a lot of classical background. Um, I don't know that I listened to that a lot, but uh, you know, certainly had that. Went to the symphony a lot with my with my parents. Um, but I, I think one of the more pivotal moments in my musical development came when I had a very difficult decision to make at Walmart one day, mm. and that was what seven dollar and seventy seven cent cassette I was going to buy. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it came down to the discussion. Well, really, the the uh, the decision point. Is it going to be Michael Jackson Thriller or is it going to be Quiet Riot Mental Health? <laughs> yeah. 
a decision point I'm sure many people have faced in their lives. Yeah, haven't we all? And in in five seconds, it was quiet riot mental health. <laughs> yeah. And so, how did that set you on the point to where here you are today? How did how did Kevin Dubrow and the boys set you on the path that brought you here? So not so, really, not not a whole lot. I mean, like I said, a lot of my influence was radio. My parents listened to a lot of like uh, traveling gospel families through churches. I had many albums of groups you've never heard of. But then I'd have Curtis has heard of them all. <laughs> yeah, very likely. <laughs> but then I'd have albums of uh, the the uh, Broadway's uh, cast recording of Annie or the <laughs> instrumental soundtrack to E.T. Nice. Just ridiculous things. But honestly, a lot of the in, the influence that I had of, of some of the music that we're going to be talking about is when I got to college yep. and started hanging out with you guys. Um, you know, prior to that, the most exciting thing musically in my life was listening to the radio in my house with my very uh, conservative parents and uh, devil, devil went down to Georgia would come on and I would hold my breath wondering which version of the lyrics <laughs> would play on the radio because I knew my parents didn't know and I was I was uh, waiting with bated breath to see uh, if it was the profanity version right yeah and yep. uh, it was a toss-up at that time. Yeah, it was a toss-up, depending on which DJ was pushing play at the <laughs> radio station. That's right. Now, I do remember one of your earliest musical influences is when you bought your car when you came to college. It had one eight-track. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a great car with an eight-track. Um, that came with an eight-track. It came with an eight-track. And um, goodness gracious, you're going to have to uh, remind me. It had one eight-track that came in the car, and it was Ted Nugent's Cat Scratch Fever. <laughs> <laughs> that is the that's the eight track that came with the car. That probably jacked the car up twenty five cents or more. Yeah, the price of the car. <laughs> so now I remember you had that in your car. So I guess I had forgotten that pretty much your musical horizon exploded when you came to Wichita State. It really did. So, okay, I'd forgotten that. Yeah. So there was a, a lot of learning really fast. I tell a lot of people, you know, I learned a lot through my formal education in music, but I learned so much by the friends I made and, and the groups and bands that I played in that was equal in my uh, opinion yeah education okay Mr. Curtis well like Jonathan I had a very uh, conservative um, musical upbringing when I was a kid uh, uh, my dad's a pastor right he was uh-huh. and um, it was either hymns or country that was pretty much what was on the playlist around our house uh-huh. that's all i knew when i was six we moved to a new town moved into a house that had an attic that you could walk up into and of course you love to explore when you're a kid there was a short stack of 45s and i had always been drawn towards music most of my music was kids songs right at six but I found that 45 and I took it and I put it on and it was Simon and Garfunkel and the song was I Am a Rock and it was like the clouds parted, the heavens opened and the choir of angels sang that there, and to this day that I don't care much for that song but at that time I had heard nothing like this. Yeah. Now I have a sister who's six years older than me and as 
you know, I kind of got into elementary school and um, got a little older. My exposure was whatever music she was listening to, which Mm -hmm. it was, you know, like Tiger Beat stuff and the Carpenters. So if you were to play a Partridge Family song to me, one of the hits, I would know the words. Um, Or most of the Carpenters hits, which... I still love the Carpenter stuff. That I do too. Those, those are great songs. Yeah. But um, that was pretty much my exposure there. Uh, and then we moved to another town a little later. And I had a friend who had an older brother who was really into Chicago. Not the town, but the band. <laughs> right, I mean, he yeah. may have been into the town. I don't. I, well, I doubt it. Okay. But... But yeah, I, I was introduced to the band Chicago and um, loved that stuff. My sister got married. Um, her husband, who he was her husband at the time, was um, he thought well of himself. And instead of for one of my birthdays, he got me an album because he knew I really loved music. But instead of getting me an album that he thought I might that I liked, he got me one that he liked. Mm-hmm. And it was Seals and Crofts. I'll play for you. And I thought, who says, I know the song Summer Breeze because that was what I thought of as like a swimming pool song. Right. Um, swimming pool song. We'll, we'll definitely come back to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The songs that played at the swimming pool during yep. the summer. Mm-hmm. But, oh, for sure. Um, but I listened to it because it was music. And it's like, this is really good. And I really like this. You know, these guys can play. And then um, being in band, I was introduced to another epiphany moment with the uh, Maynard Ferguson album, MF Horn 2. Oh, yes. See, I thought yeah. you were going to go John Philip Sousa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's coming. <laughs> but, yeah. um, and then in high school, okay, so most of my music up to that point was pretty mainstream pop stuff. And... Uh, I had a girlfriend my senior year and we'd had a bit of a breakup. And so I wanted to get some music that, as I've put it, was like, makes you want to break things. (laughs) So I went and got Van Halen Women and Children first, which was a new release. (laughs) And I was like, well, this is really fun. I kind of like this. I like breaking things. But... What, okay, that, what was the impetus to get that specific album? I knew Van Halen was a harder rock sound. Um, you know, I was that was the one they had at the record store. I was, st- <laughs> I was still at that point going to kind of stay away from the Black Sabbath stuff or anything that seemed. You were still a preacher's kid. After oh all. yeah, and um, I know that there were some parents in our um, orbit that wouldn't let their kids listen to anything that was not. But that wasn't the case in our house. I, you know, it was sort of frowned upon, but they didn't, you know, push the issue. And um, so anyway, through through all this, I, I, I then expanded into like Kansas. And uh, again, when I went to college, I got opened up to more jazz stuff. That's yeah. where I was introduced to Pat Metheny. And it was like, again, one of those epiphany moments in music. So yeah. Um, and then it just expanded from there because usually once a week I was going to the record store, you know, because you know you'd go to Sound Warehouse because Tuesdays is when the new records were. You, 
they come out Fridays now. If any if any physical product comes out, it comes out Fridays now. But it, it didn't it used to be Tuesdays? It's Tuesdays, yeah. And you'd go look on the board that was behind the cash register and it would show you what albums are coming up and yep. you know. So that was uh, sort of the long answer to how you got here. How I got here. I got it. I guess I need to give mine too. So uh, I grew up in a Christian home as well, and um, I was the weird kid that would come home from church every Sunday and watch Soul Train. So I would watch Soul Train on Sunday afternoons. Um, I just loved Soul Train, and usually because the first pop group that I really imprinted on was the Jackson 5. That was, I loved the Jackson 5. They had a variety show, they had a cartoon, and I just loved them. So I had three or four LPs of the Jackson 5 that I promptly left out on the driveway of my house on a sunny day. And so, you know, you could, they're, they're all warped to pieces. So that was kind of my first pop music that I liked was kind of what you might call R&B. Rufus and Chaka Khan, um, Jackson 5, The Spinners, that sort of thing. So that was the first pop music I liked. Then I went through a kiss phase, and the less said about that, the better. Although I will say, I was the weird kid that would ask for albums for Easter. And so um, one year I asked for, and I received from my mother for Easter in my Easter basket, a vinyl LP of Kisses Hotter Than Hell. <laughs> the perfect Easter gift. Nothing says the resurrection of Christ like hotter than hell. hotter than hell. So I teased my mother about that mercilessly for the longest time. So, um, so yeah, I went through the kiss phase. Um, everything changed for me in middle school when I was babysitting for some friends and they had MTV, and so MTV used to do the Saturday night concerts. Remember when they had a concert every Saturday night? And that Saturday night, I'd already put the kids to bed, and I'm just watching MTV. Saturday night concert comes on, and it's Rush, exit stage left. Everything changes. It's like, I want to be a guitar player. I want to be a musician. This is the coolest thing I have ever seen in my life. And so... The first cassette I bought with my own money was Rush Exit Stage Left on cassette. Um, so this is the perfect storm. Rush is hitting huge. Tom Sawyer, they're all over MTV. Um, and so Rush was kind of my, was my go-to. In high school, my horizons got expanded because our band director, who I was best friends with his son, uh, and the band director would play Heliopolis by Spirogyra, so the band would play that. They'd play Chameleon by Herbie Hancock's Headhunters, and they would play um, Birdland by Weather Report. And I loved those tunes, and so I went out and bought cassettes of Heavy Weather, uh, Headhunters, and I think uh, Heliopolis is on, I think it's on Morning Dance. Um, I don't know, it's over there on my, it's either on Catching the Sun or Morning, Morning Dance. It's over there on my CD wall. Um, and so that was kind of the entry point for jazz for me. Um, and so um, from there, it just, I kept, I went to Miles Davis, and then after that I went to uh, 
John Coltrane, and after that I went and eventually ended up with Pat Metheny, and just everything kind of exploded right as I was ending high school. So I'd gone from loving shred guitar, Ingve, <laughs> Eddie Van Halen, Scorpions, that sort of thing, to where I went through a pretty serious jazz snob phase in college. Um, and the one music we haven't mentioned here is CCM, contemporary Christian music. We all were in various forms into that, so we will talk about that in later episodes. So, final question. Um, what styles of music are you wanting to bring to the podcast? Jonathan, in episodes ahead, what are, when, we, when you bring in stuff, what's the general genres you're going to be looking to bring in? So as a pianist, um, yeah, that's right. I'm, yeah. I'm probably going to bring in more keyboard-based stuff. Okay. Um, I and a, a lot of it is the great thing is is that our influences change. You know, there are things that we like, but we love to go down rabbit holes. You right. know, there are things that take us from here to here to here. Um, and so certainly keyboard-based stuff. Um, I really like uh, contemporary black gospel. Okay. And then I would also say that you may encounter a fair amount of funk. Okay. Mm. What about show tunes for you, too? You going to bring in any show tunes? Ooh, yeah. I love uh, a lot of Broadway music. That yeah. that initial Annie album, I guess, uh, was, well, <laughs> on the E.T. soundtrack. I mean, what yeah. What two greater influences life could you have? Uh, other than I Am a Rock by Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so you're going to kind of wander on those fields then. Okay, mm-hmm. Curtis? I will wander around a lot. I, I love good ballads, so you may find some slower stuff coming from me. I also have quite an affinity for yacht rock. Yes, he does. In its true form as the guys who coined the phrase, not, not everything that is soft rock is yacht rock okay there's a specific sound to it okay and you can find it on the yatsky scale online okay which gene yatsky came up and rated all of that okay and uh <clears throat> there will be some jazz it kind of goes all over the place but oh and, and there are a lot of groups in europe that are current groups or within the last 10 to 15 years which to me is current that play in a retro style that a lot of Americans haven't heard. So, you know, there's a fair amount of that that's going to be in the mix. It's like thinking Swedish bands that their main uh, influences would be Toto, David Pack, Michael McDonald, David Foster produced albums from back then. Right, and there's one band in particular that is probably more influenced by well, Toto would be one of them, but but like Journey and ah. Survivor, it's a little more of the uh, melodic adult, rock. Yeah, melodic rock. Yeah. Okay. As for me, I'm probably going to stick. I mean, I, that, if I'm going to have any sort of overarching theme, it's going to be jazz. That's kind of what I'll bring. Um, I'll bring a fair amount of pop, but um, a lot of that pop, not all of it, but a lot of it's going to be jazz influenced. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to have some sort of, you know, connection to the jazz world. So look for that from me. So, okay, that's the genesis of the Why Is This So Hard For You podcast. Influences, um, how we met, and what we're hoping to achieve. Anything else that we didn't cover? Does that pretty much describe this whole thing? 
Yeah, and I'm hungry, so where's oh. the soup? Okay, well, we'll get to that here in a second. So um, if you want to donate to our podcast, uh, dial 1-800-WHY-IS-THIS-SO-HARD-FOR-YOU. Operators are probably not standing by. So, I, I mean, unless you know no, there's I, something I don't. So, what, what's an operator? Right. And if you uh, feel like sending uh, Jonathan your cassette copy of Quiet Riot Metal Health, Please feel free to go ahead and right, send that. absolutely. Eight track we'll, of cat scratch, oh, cat scratch yeah, fever would be yeah. good. Good point. Good point. So that's our episode for this uh, for this time around, and uh, we will see you on episodes to come. So take care, and we'll talk soon. <laughs>